Al-Bayan Radio presents The Life of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him Presented by Nidal Ayyubi Bismillah, Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Welcome back to our Sira classes Today we will continue speaking about the Meccan stage of the Da'wah and the techniques and methods which the Quraysh, the pagans of Mecca, the things they did, they used to fight, to wage war, to combat the Prophet ﷺ and the Da'wah. But before we mention these techniques, why were they doing this? What was the issue? And if we find out and remember why and how, we will see that it doesn't change even until now. So we're in Mecca, let's just put our minds there, let's just put ourselves there. Prophet is calling to prayer, zakat, hajj, siyam, ibadat. Is that what he's calling to? What's he calling to? Pretty much only tawheed. La ilaha illallah. Aylam abudan bihaqqin illallah. La ilaha illallah consists of a nafi wal ifbat. That nothing has a right to be worshipped. You have to reject, shun, avoid, leave off all false objects of worship. All objects of worship. And acknowledge and worship only Allah. So the Prophet would say to them, la ilaha illallah tuflihu. Say la ilaha illallah, you'll be victorious. You'll be the winner. But they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't acknowledge it. They wouldn't follow it. And this is the issue, my dear brothers. This is why they wage war against Islam. Then and now. They don't mind if you pray and you fast. You give charity. They don't mind that. When you tell them to leave off their shirk, which we have to do. It's part of our Iman. It's part of Islam. Part of Islam, part of submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with true tawheed is al-bara'atu min al-shirk wa ahli. To free oneself from shirk and its people. Not to indulge in their practices and leave it off. You have to. It's part of tawheed. It's a must that you shun and reject shirk and its people and warn and advise them. That this is why they wage war against the Prophet and this is why they wage war against Islam today. And the proof is evident. Salah in its current form was made obligatory towards the end of the Meccan stage. And the rest of the main ibadat were made obligatory in Medina. So this is why they wage war against Islam. If you understand this point, then you've understood a massive part of the da'wah. So some of the techniques they used to combat Islam, to combat la ilaha illallah, is spreading misconceptions and doubts as we have mentioned, regarding the origin or the source of the Qur'an. Also, they opposed the Qur'an with stories, legends from the past, such as the stories of the Persian kings and others. Why did they do this? To try and divert people away from the Qur'an, not to get them to pay attention from the Qur'an. Diversion tactics, we can say. Entertainment today. Keep the people occupied. They won't think about the real purpose of their life and what they should be doing. And today it can take place in many, many forms. They used to tell stories, legends of the past. They would gather them and tell them legends of the Persians and, and Romans to divert them from the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an was such a strong message. Entertainment today, sport today, Netflix, music, and the list goes on and on. So they are many. And we know in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about this. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَا يَشْتَرِي لَهْوَ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Allah says that in Surah Al-Luqman and of the people is he who buys the amusement of speech to mislead others from the way of Allah without knowledge and who takes it his way in the way of Allah in ridicule those who have humiliating punishment 
Salah al-Hadith has been translated as amusement of speech or meaningless tales or that which has no benefit. And the Sahaba, they described it as being shirk or misleading stories or silly foolish songs or as Ibn Abbas says, music. And it includes all that which distracts or diverts from the Quran and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what they would do. And there's even reports that they would hire singing girls, get some alcohol for them and you know the rest of that. So it hasn't changed much from back then until now. It's still done today. Only they call it nightclubs and all this other garbage. So this was one of the techniques to divert people away from the true purpose of Allah, from the Quran and from the remembrance of Allah. Also ridicule, mockery and denial. And this is all mentioned in the Quran. They used to call the Prophet a madman, a majnoon, a sha'ir, a poet, a sahir, a magician, a kithab, a liar, many other things. So the name calling is not something new. And remember that, my dear brothers, people are going to talk. Once you call to the Haq, people will talk about you. We are not the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And they spoke about him. They even spoke about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala by ascribing a partner to him. And also, when all this wasn't working, they started negotiation and compromise. They wanted the Muslim to meet them halfway. You know, even some reports mention, you worship our lords for a year, we worship your lord for a year. And we see the reply in Surah Al-Kafirun and other than that. Now my dear brothers, we have to know that in Mecca, the leader of the Kufr, the Pharaoh of this Ummah was a man named Abu Jahl. But what's his real name? Abu Jahl, his real name is Amr bin Hisham. And he belonged to one of the strongest clans in Mecca. And he was one of their chiefs, the Bani or the Banu Makhzum tribe of the Quraysh. They used to call him Abu Al-Hakam. He became known as Abu Jahl, the father of ignorance. But they used to call him Abu Al-Hakam, the father of wisdom. So look, went from that to that. And he was known to be a man of intelligence and even understanding to the Quraysh. But where did that lead him? It led him nowhere because it didn't lead him to La ilaha illallah. Due to his cruel, ruthless animosity and hatred of the Prophet ﷺ, and his rejection of, of Islam, his cruelty towards the believers, he was known as Abu Jahl. And even unto this day, that's what he's famously known for. Allah disgraced him in this world and he'll be disgraced in the next world. He made his mission, my dear brothers, to fight Islam day and night. But what is amazing is that later on we shall see the Prophet ﷺ made dua for him to become a Muslim. Oh Allah, guide whoever is more favored to you or more beloved to you from Amr and Abu Jahl. And we know who was more beloved to Allah, Amr. And Amr was a guide to Islam. So Abu Jahl, his goal day and night was to fight Islam and the Muslims. And his hatred grew, his hatred and enmity grew each time someone became Muslim. He would fight them. If this new Muslim had a high position, as we know, as a tribal society, Abu Jahl would criticize them, threaten them, rebuke them. He would threaten them with loss of property, loss of honor. And if he was from the weaker sections of society and he accepted Islam, Abu Jahl would beat them severely. And he would not only do that, he would incite others to do the same. So if you saw a prominent person, for example, from the stronger section of this tribal society, if he accepted Islam, this Muslim accepted Islam, he, he was more cautious. But someone weaker, he would punish them. Because it's a tribal society. He would look at the social status of the person before he would harm them and promote others to harm them. Now he abused the Prophet verbally and even sometimes physically. And there are many reports regarding that. And that's what we'll mention next week. We'll mention his abuse of the Prophet والله أعلم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio. 
The Voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.